Hello folks and welcome to episode 4 of the Al Foran podcast, sponsored by Betfred and produced by Feed Ignite. My guest this week is Mr. Paddy McGuinness. Guys, what a chat I had with this guy. He's honestly an absolute gent. My introduction to Paddy was in Phoenix Nights 20 years ago as Paddy the Doorman. One of my favourite shows ever. Just laugh out loud, hilarious. And one of the best British sitcoms ever, in my opinion. But Paddy has, has gone on to have an amazing career since then. Obviously been the host of the hit dating show, Take Me Out. I mean, I remember telling Alison last week, I said, Paddy McGuinness is going to be on the show this week, Alison. And she said, oh, no way. No likey, no likey. <laughs> Paddy, honestly, just a gent. He's done everything. He's, he's done a stand-up tour. He's now one of the co-presenters on Top Gear. He has a new show coming out. I can see your voice. It's going to be out next year. He's just constantly keeping busy. And, you know, he, he really is an inspiration in terms of work ethic. And overall, just a, a lovely guy. We also speak about his his boyhood club, Bolton Wanderers. We have a good chat about, about football, of course, on this podcast. We can't not talk about football. I really did enjoy this, guys. It was great fun. Paddy is really a lovely guy. Uh, there is a new addition to the podcast. It's called The Wheel of Impressions. So whatever impression it lands on, the guest has to attempt to do that impression with me teaching them, of course. So that, that was uh, our segment towards the end. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. But um, listen, folks, fourth episode of the podcast, Paddy McGuinness. I really hope you enjoy it and have a fantastic weekend. Take care. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goal scorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit Betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions. Paddy! Welcome to the podcast, pal. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. Um, we were just speaking before we started recording. Obviously, you're keeping pretty busy. Yeah, I think, you know, like, like this now, what we're doing, the Zoom chat and stuff like yeah. that. I, I'm a bit over that now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's good and it keeps people in the loop. But even like, even if you're doing an interview on a TV show now, you've got to sign in on Zoom. And I'm like, I know. Oh. Because you, when you talk to someone face to face, you can always get that, just that little bit extra, can't you? On Zoom, you're sort of waiting for the reply and yeah. if the signal works. I mean, like I'm talking to you here, I'm wedged up against the bed head here. <laughs> I've got a cable this long going into the wall into my iPad. And it's just a bit like, I'd sooner be sat in front of you now. Yeah, in, 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 where are you there? Are you, you're in your house. I'm in my house. I'm in the I'm in the kitchen of my house. I believe congratulations is in order. Uh, yeah, yes, mate. Yes. God, <laughs> yes. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> it was. Uh... You see, you see what's the last last of that that's left on your head. Say goodbye to that. That'll, that'll be gone. Give it a year. It's all good. More than likely, but I know it's, it's great. It is. It's, it's God, fantastic. Yeah, listen, you grew up in Bolton and you were raised by two Irish parents, I believe, from the great county of Tipperary. 
Yeah, well, that's my grandparents, that, on my dad's side. Yeah. Me, me, my grandparents on my mum's side were also from Ireland, but it's one of them weird things where I never found out whereabouts. Yeah. Because they passed away before I was born. Okay. Uh, my grandma. And I always think to myself, oh, I'll do that. You know, you can do the search. Yeah, yeah. But I've not, I've not got round to it yet, but me, on my dad's side, they're all from Tipperary. And it's... It's mad because whenever ever I've been to Ireland in the past, whether it's for work or, mm. you know, whatever I'm doing, it's normally like the usual suspects like Dublin or Belfast. Yeah. And I, I used to, years and years ago when I when I first started going there, I used to, I don't know if they still do it, the Cats Laugh Festival in Kilkenny. They oh, still they, do that? They, they still do that, yeah. Yeah. So I used to go there back in the day with Peter. And it was mad because they did used to do a, a football game there, English comedians against the rest of the world. Yes. But what's mad is, you know when you see people who are half decent at football, but you don't expect them to be? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember uh, there's a comedian called Milton Jones, and I remember him playing mm. it, and I thought, this lad will be shite. And he, he's, a, <laughs> he's a good player. You saw yeah. step, you know, because of how they portray themselves and how they look. You know what I mean? It's like that stereotypical... Yeah. You see a lad, you think, oh, he'll be half decent at football. And you see another lad, you think, he's going to be shocking. And uh, it was great. It was good standard. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And I'll never forget, I played in the game, and our defence was Peter Kay and Johnny Vegas. Okay. <laughs> so you can imagine how that went. It was like, it was like it's a knockout. Uh, but, you know, but it's all good, good, good memories from being in Ireland, anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's it's a great spot, especially down the country. That's where it's it's in Kilkenny, and that's an appealing area for for a lot of people throughout the year. You know, yeah. it's it's always it's always great crack. How is it over there with lockdown? It's here and there. You know, we we have like different levels to our lockdown. So obviously, we have all the counties. I'm based in County Mead. I'm probably ten minutes away from Dublin. But right. we're at level three now. So level three, everyone just has to stay in their county. So I can't, I can't go to Dublin. <laughs> so That's it's just, mad, it? yeah. But a lot of a lot of people are kind of breaking those rules as well. Going from it's a tricky one because, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel as though when when it first happened, sort of beginning of March, or sorry, it's like the middle of March when it, you know, I didn't go out of the house for about. 40 days, you know, because I've got three children and one of my sons got like asthma. Yeah. And everyone were that terrified by what was being said on the news. I had the news on 24 hours a day, like, you know, keeping me on it. You start getting paranoid. And now I feel as though we've, we've got to get a grip on it and, and it's yeah. something's got to, got to happen. But I just think if we're all sensible... Yeah. You know, and kind of, you know, put a mask on, wash your hands, all that, exactly. not get in people's faces. We should be all right. It's just yeah. unfortunately, like like anything, when they first said about opening up the pubs, I said, that's a great idea, but no one's factoring in the dickheads. Yeah. Because we all know when you go to a pub, pubs are great, but there's always a dickhead in there. Mm. And the dickhead is the one that ruins it for everyone else. So yeah. that's the only trouble with things at the minute. But people have got livelihoods and everything else. And I kind of feel as though having a full-on, like, cord red lockdown. Yeah. I just think it, it's not going to work because people just get absolutely sick to death of it. I think people need to be told really crystal clear exactly what's happening. Mm. 
and what they need to do properly and and we should be okay but kind of everyone's a bit scaremongering aren't they at the moment well they so, are and, and, and as you, you you talk about dickheads there's too many of them uh, at the minute <laughs> especially here because we, we're having anti-mask protests in Grafton Street in Dublin and um, we had one there you can't get your head around that can you uh, I, I, think, get your head around it. I think there was around 2,000 people protesting in Grafton Street yeah which is a busy enough area so it was just you know did you see the uh, the Bill Burr sketch the other night he did on Saturday Night Live I, I seen yeah. little his, his, mono, his, his, his monologue but one of the things he was talking about was uh, people who wear masks as opposed to people who don't wear masks and he's sort of saying He's happy either way. If you want to wear a mask, he says, good. Mm. You know, effectively, you know, you're doing the right thing. And if you don't want to wear a mask, that's also good because you're a knobhead and hopefully the disease will get you. <laughs> so he's kind of saying, he said it's a win-win, really. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's like you see these people out there going, it's a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Is it really? I mean... Does the government actually want to keep us all in and run down the economy? What good is that going to do anyone? <laughs> no. You know. So anyhow, it's a it's a mad old time we're living through at the minute. But I, I'm pretty sure we'll all come through it. Yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about it in years to come. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. We're actually, we are part of those history books now, aren't we? Yeah, we well, read about in fifty hundred years time. They'll be reading about it. It'll be yeah. mad. It's crazy. I'm happy enough with my, my daughter. She's one and a half that she doesn't have a clue what's going on. In fact, exactly. it's, in fact, it's a great time as well for that because Alison is a teacher. So we just spent, you know, two, three months just with, with her. And it, was, it yeah. was great, like, you know, so that's, that was another, that was a positive thing about it. That's the thing, you know, it, it's obviously there's positives and negatives to everything. Yeah. You're sort of, you know, we're all, we're all sort of, in this thing where if you've got young children, you're with them, you know, morning, noon and night, schools were shut, and you're, you're always learning stuff about kids and yourself. Mm. And then, you know, so you take all the positives from that, and then, you know, you you can't help it's human nature. You think about, God, the days when you're struggling, and you think, mm. how's someone going on here? How's a single parent in a, in a flat, in a high-rise building yeah. with three kids and one bedroom going on? Yeah, and that's where it, you go. Wow, it really it's it, it's on that, and I think yeah. mentally it does it'll do more damage to people than bloody, you know, COVID. Yeah, yeah, and that that is another thing we have to watch out. You know, mental health in general. Hundred mm, percent. I know. I know. I know. But, um, Listen, hey, we're getting a bit. We're getting a bit deep here, aren't we? No, we're yeah. We're listen. We're we're doing we're, 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 we're <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. We'll get to that. Hundred percent. We will get to that. I've no doubt, <laughs> <laughs> folks. I think this is what was going to happen throughout the whole thing. Oh. I think he's just going to goad oh. me into doing every every oh. impression. Every category. <laughs> that Tyson Fury for me is 100% my favourite. I first saw you doing that and I pissed my pants. It is nailed on solid gold. Has he seen you do it? I did it in front of him. No. Yeah, I did it in when? front of him. Um, it was about a year and a half ago now. It was actually uh, three days after my daughter was born. 
Wow. I had a gig to do with Tyson Fury uh, in the UK, and I, 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 you know, listen, you can't say no to that. So, oh no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, back in the good old days, I, I got that Ryanair yeah. flight over, yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah, I did two I gigs was, with was him. It? He was great. He he loved it. Did he? he did he? Did he say it sounded like? Because when I've heard people do impressions of me, I go, "That sounds fuck all like me." That was his kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> but he was very, he was kind of nice about it. You know, I've listen, I've done my impression, like my staple impression is McGregor, and I yeah. and I've and I've done it in front. I've I, this was in the previous episode. I said this is Tony Bellew. I remember McGregor saying to me, he goes. He goes, you know, there's, there's parts where you do sound like me, you know what I mean, where, where, where you're talking, but, I mean, I, I don't know, when, when I listen to it, it sounds fuck all like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finishes the, he finishes it with, but the other ones are very good, I mean, the Joe Pesci's very good, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I like about your repertoire, because uh, <laughs> with a lot of people, especially with impressions, when they started, like, you see, started seeing people on Twitter and YouTube doing more and more. It were always, I'd see so many people doing like Rooney, Gerard, mm. Carragher, and and uh, and Klopp. And amazingly, you yeah. know, when you see, well, that's amazing, proper good. But then that were all I used to see. So when it, when you when you cropped up on my radar and I saw what you did your repertoire, I was like, mm. this lad is the goat. <laughs> end of end of top top boy Al. I love it I love it <laughs> there's a lot I'll tell you there's a lot of goats out there though in, in, in the it's it's becoming kind of a saturated market the impression the impressionist market you could say you know there's so many good guys from the UK and then the US as well it's, you know? in, it's interesting isn't it because when I was younger I'm 47 so when I was a kid watching telly it was like Mike Yarwood yeah and then Alistair McGowan came on the scene sort of later on and, mm. and, uh, and Coleshaw and what have you. Yeah. Rory Bremner. And, uh, you know, all of them, they're all talented, but I'm, I've never seen any of them nail impressions like I've seen you and other people do online. Yeah. You know, these guys who, no offence to you all, you know, guys who you think, oh, who's this? I've never heard of him. Like, wow, he's amazing, you know, when you see what they do. Yeah. So what is it? Is it like some kind of weird underground circuit of people doing impressions <laughs> and no, doing each other? <laughs> no, it's kind of because no, no it's it's a, it's a mainstream thing about us kind of outdoing each other. I, I'm I'm of the opinion that we should all work together. Um, a lot of us, a lot of us go solo a bit too much, and I think if we all came together, I mean, if we could pitch something to any 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 kind of TV production or whatever, we could have something solid. Yeah. I've always, I, I've always thought with impressionists, whenever I've seen them on the TV over the years, I thought the impressions are good, mm. but I never, I never liked the material. I never liked the jokes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I always thought, God, if you can get the right material for someone who's absolutely amazing at impressions, you clean up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The really good, funny jokes and skits and everything else. But uh, yeah. do you not get any any of that with you, lads? Do you not get approached by any channels for doing stuff? Uh, our our game is kind of social media. That's yeah. that's where that's where I started, and you know it's it's that's where well, I'm that's where that's where I saw you. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's how you get your name out there. Do you, can you make a living from it? Yeah, hundred percent. And, oh, and I, I have for the last five years now, and it's kind of you know my my kind of thing is is incorporating my impressions and content into like say brand deals and gigs, of yeah. course. Gigs were a huge thing, 
Absolutely. They're, they're, I, I, we all need them back badly. Of course, we need them back for financial reasons, but I think we need them back for, for our mental state of mind as well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Even, you know, they were taught today, I don't know when this is going on, but when I was listening to the news and they were saying about, you know, shutting pubs because they're not essential. Mm. And I, I get that argument, but also I think, no, actually, not everyone's going to a pub to get blottoed. Yeah. You are, you are going to see other people and that interaction actually is is essential. You yeah. know what I mean? That's how that's we are yes. as a human race. We thrive on contact, don't we? You know what yeah. I mean? And even even in my job where before all this happened, you know, you go out and you get recognised or ask for a picture and all that. So you're always ducking and diving and stuff yeah. and you're always weary of what's going on around you. But when this lockdown happened, I was like, I was like God, we're... Let me take a selfie with someone. Anything, anything yeah. normal again, you know. Oh, no. but, uh, Shaking yeah. hands is gone as well. Oh, it's all that. Now. It's it's that. Oh, that it's the it? elbow. Give, yeah. Give you, one, give you one of them. <laughs> uh, so you know, um, we're doing Top Gear again now, and we're doing yeah. that in a, a socially distanced way. And I've got to be honest, I think we should keep that up because the further I am away from Chris and Fred, the better. <laughs> I actually encourage that. Once once we get a vaccine, I'm going, no, let's keep this up. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep the separation up. So, yeah, we'll get there, won't we? We'll get there. Absolutely. And just on that about Top Gear, because that's, that's one of the questions I want to ask you. How is how has that been? It just looks like you're having the absolute time of your life. We are. I'm, I'm fully aware when I say this next thing, mm. there'll be a bloke somewhere tarmacking a road spitting his tea out going, you what? When I say it's hard work, he'll be giving <laughs> it. Oh, I bet it is driving them cars around it. <laughs> driving them cars around Nepal. Is he's like that which paid? But uh, <laughs> it's 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 long, long, long hours. Yeah. And what, when we when you see the foreign trips and we look like shit, it's because mm. that's how we're feeling. You know, yeah. best will in the world. If you're you know wherever going on the back roads of Nepal or wherever, there's no there is no hotels. You know, there is no five star this, five star that. And yeah. All the things you used to as a bit of a pampered TV person. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you're doing on adrenaline on them jobs, and and very little sleep. And you at the end of it, you can't wait to get home. But when you see it on the telly, and you see how they shoot it, and the work they put mm. into it, it's like wow, it's amazing. And you do pinch yourself. All three of us, we were lucky that we just got on. You know, yeah. we didn't have to force anything. We all got on. We all we're we're all very brutal with each other. Yeah, with, with the with the chat, you know the stuff you don't see on the telly. Yeah. the really the really dark stuff. <laughs> uh, what we say to each other, you know. So uh, I'm not, uh, I'd, I'd imagine there's a lot of that is with Mr. Flintoff as well. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll tell you, who's the worst for it, Harris. Is he? He's yeah. The worst. He he comes on the telly giving it. Oh, I'm I'm the small one. He is yeah. an absolute savage. That one. honestly, I'm not. Some and, and he's what he's that one bloke who sends you them videos you open on your phone and you go, Oh Jesus, no. What is he sending me that for? He's like So anyhow, it's all good. We all we all we all get on really well. We all yeah. have a laugh and, and, and that's kind of one of the things that people like. They can yeah. see it's not it's not pretend if you know what I mean. Well uh, Freddie knows me very well, by the way, because um, 
about three years ago, obviously for another for another betting company, which I cannot name on the podcast. He all right. He had his own podcast with um, Robbie Savage, and uh, this was two weeks out from the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight, and right. he <laughs> thought that he, well Savage was in on it. He thought that he was interviewing McGregor. <laughs> no way! <laughs> and lo and behold. The, the clip is on YouTube. You, you type oh. my name and, and, and Freddie's name oh, in there. Lovely. And, 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 lovely. and we, we got him. Yeah, yeah, he, he, we got him. <laughs> he got him bad. Oh, wonderful. Now, everything I, I said, everything I said to him, it's, it's nasty, I thought. I, I didn't say it. It wasn't me. It was people were feeding it into my ear to say it to him. <laughs> what, like having a go at him? <laughs> yeah. As soon oh. as I hung up. But I think the funniest part of it was as soon as I hung up when, when we got him, he just uttered the words knobhead. <laughs> so tell him I said hello. And <laughs> I will do. I'm 100% looking for that clip. And I'm putting it on our WhatsApp group on, fucking, on loop. Wonderful. Good, good. Because that's the thing with Flintstone. He loves, he loves trying to stitch people up yeah, but it's when he gets done to him. Oh, wonderful! Good man, good man, good man. Look, I want, I want to just bring it back a little bit, and uh, you know, growing up in Bolton, and I want to kind of go back to you know the years before the one of my favourite shows ever, and my my father's favourite show, my uncle's favourite show, my brother's favourite show, Phoenix Nights. <laughs> oh um, yeah, with with, with Mister Peter K. It still holds up to this day. And I think the beauty of that show was how relatable the characters were because there was there was a Max there was a Max and Paddy at every kind of you know local one hundred percent the town you know and no matter where you whether you're in Ireland Scotland England Wales mm. there was always that kind of working men's club yeah. place yeah. that people went to they had the Christmas do the they had the kid thing the they had the axe on. Mm. They had the bloke running it. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, in the early days before there was a Phoenix Nights, when people were getting ideas together and what have you, he used to actually go around to them clubs with a little hidden microphone. The microphone was a, a biro pen. Okay. And, he'd, and he'd, he'd have it wired up to a dictaphone. That's how long ago it was. There'll be young yeah. people going this, going, what is he on about? Wires. <laughs> this is the days before wireless and Bluetooth and all yes. that. So we had this little yeah. wire thing. And he just talked to these kind of old blokes who worked in these clubs and what have you, and it was just gold, you know, half the stuff, you couldn't you couldn't make it up. Mm. And then he'd just go away and sort of work it up a little bit and then put it into a, you know, in one of the episodes, or it might have been a turn of phrase someone uses, and yeah. he'd just put it in. But, but where we were brought up, that's like rich pickings, yeah. you know what I mean? And like you were saying about Max and Paddy, whenever I used to go out when that show was on, especially around Bolton, every pub and bar or whatever I'd go in, the doorman would go, that's us, isn't it? That's us. <laughs> you, you know it, it's us, isn't it? You know, and you're like, yeah, it is you, but it's, it's all of you. It's all of you, it's everyone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's over 20 year old, that show now, and people still yeah. talk about it. They still have fond memories about it. And we did it. We brought it back for a, a, a run yes. at the MEN Arena yeah. and we did uh, 
I forget, I think we did about five nights or something like that, and that raised like millions of pounds for Comet Relief. And it was great getting everyone back together. But what amazed me about it, you know, the show being, like you said, over 20 years old, how quickly it sold out. And just, you walk, like, you've seen people dressed as the characters, you know, they were, <laughs> I think there was something like 15,000 people in every night watching wow. it. Rampacked full. And you're like, it's as though it were on telly, like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just people just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, 100%. I think, well, well I mean, one of, one of my favourite episodes, obviously the, the, the Max and Paddy one with the, the Bolton fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the how far oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do you know, that, that, that scene, I wrote that scene. Did and, you? Yeah. And I, I, I used to work at a leisure centre in Bolton. And then mm. when I were on my shift this day, I was sat down and I worked in the, a gym at this leisure centre, and I had some paper there and a red biro. And like most young lads, when you're working in places, you, you, you're skiving. Mm. And uh, I just started writing it at my desk, like in this little gym. And Peter and, had an office with Dave and Neil in Bolton, and I used to call in there every other day when they were writing the, the series. And I just went in with this paper and the paper even had on the top Bolton Leisure Centre kind mm. of thing and I give him the paper and I said what do you think about that and he said I love it it's going in mm. so when we were actually recording that scene and all the actors are there and we're doing it I'm thinking in my head fucking hell I wrote this while I run a shift in the gym yeah. you know <laughs> it, it, it's bonkers and then all them years later, you say you're you're talking about the scene, yeah, and you think, God, how mad's that? That I, I, I was just sat at my desk, you know, I wrote that entire scene in about well, what fucking half hour. It's amazing, done, it? yeah, done, yeah. And and like little, did you know at that point? Do you know what I mean? What like twenty odd years later? Oh no, I'm no, about it, and then it's so popular, know. you know. Crazy. It's but because it, all all of us at the time with Phoenix Nights. We were all we were all young, and we, you know, it were all exciting for us. Yeah, Every, everyone were doing it. No one was an actor, mm. and it was a mad old time. Let me tell you, yeah, mad as in good mad though. Yeah, it was like you know we'd go out every night and we'd be fucking up to all sorts of things, and we were always having a laugh, you know. And mm. and it, that's one of the things that not regret. I don't regret it, but. When I talk about Phoenix Nights now, I, I wish at the time I'd have soaked it up a bit more. Yeah. Do you know, but when you're young, you don't think about the here and now. You're just looking no. ahead and you're looking at going out and having a laugh and, and all the other things that come with that. Mm. Now when I think about it, I think, oh, I wish I'd have soaked it up a bit more. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, 100%. And an absolute classic. And, and obviously, with that success, we move on to, to Max and Paddy getting their own, their own spin-off, and that must have been so fun as well. Again, I remember them when that went on at the time. It was Channel 4's highest-rated comedy show in something like the last 10 years when it was yeah. on at the time. And you kind of think, God, again, I never took much notice of that. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I was just like doing my own thing and doing this show with Peter and... Not that I didn't take it seriously, but Peter will be the first one to tell you, fuck me, I was always late on set and mm. been out the night before and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
But we we absolutely laughed until we cried on that on that show. You know, yeah. I know there's a lot of outtakes out there, but there's a lot of stuff you never saw. And yeah, it, it, it was so so good to be a part. You know what I mean? And when you're mm. working with a lad who you went to school with, who's one of your best mates. Yeah, that's. And he, he was the director as well of Max and Paddy. So that's like having your mate being in charge of giving out the dinner at school. Mm. So you you know you can always get a little bit extra and everything else. So yeah. it was again another part of my life that I I had such a good time, but I never really soaked it up as much as I should have done when I was there. When yeah, it was happening. Yeah, and that's obviously that's that helps, as you say. You know, you you pretty much grew up with with Peter. He was mm. in your class in school, and you kind of you knew each other inside out, and that can help. 100%. Yeah, of course, of course. Especially, if, especially course. if you're creating something like that, you know. Yeah, and you have that. You have that natural shorthand with each other. You mm. know what I mean? Where, yeah. Where you 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 sort of know what they're thinking before mm. they say it, and you know you can go off go off piece a little bit with your script and what have you. So, I mean, we did one scene there where we were around a campfire, and we he sort of um, talking about an ex girlfriend, Max. And this scene was supposed to be like quite poignant. Campfires going, we're looking at each mm. other, and he's telling this story. There's a little bit of chat going backwards and forwards, and we had to film that. Bearing in mind we wrote this, we had to film all the cameras on me while he read it, it all these <laughs> lines, and then they put all the cameras on on him while I read my lines out loud because we just couldn't remember the bloody scene. So. <laughs> Stuff like again, you think, Jesus Christ, we are busking it here. But there are, they are, they're all part of the rich tapestry of what you get up to in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, after that, like you, you kind of moved on. And you were progressing so much in your career after that, and you did. Mm. You did a huge stand-up tour. I think, I think oh, you did God, over a hundred yeah, yeah. odd shows around yeah. the UK. Well, what I did, when I put uh, my first uh, tour on, I think I did about 140 a night, 150 nights. And they yeah. all instantly sold out. I mean, like, just gone like that. But what I didn't have the respect for at the time was the actual, sounds a bit wank this, but, like, the actual art form of doing stand-up. I just wrote <laughs> it in a, I'm not joking, I wrote the entire tour in about an hour. Yeah. And did a couple of warm nights, and I went out and did it, you know. Mm. Now, and so I, I don't like that tour. I don't like the material. I don't like anything about it particularly. But even though I feel like that about it, it sold out everywhere. And honestly, when I used to finish, there'd be stand innovations. So people loved it. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, at, the t- at the time I did. But afterwards, when you learn a bit more about stuff and, and I, sort I, of honing and crafting gags and jokes. Yeah. And so you'll look back, even yourself, you'll probably look back on stuff you've done two, three years ago, oh, that was a bit bit shit that I went after with that, you know. I can actually relate to you with, with my first tour as well. I remember doing it and I just was not pleased whatsoever with anything. Yeah. It was purely a sketch-based show and just nothing kind of naturally flowed and I, I was not happy. And I did, I did my last uh, night in Vicker Street in Dublin, which is a very famous venue and it's, it's mm. kind of the... It's it is the venue for kind of a young and up, up and coming get yeah. get to, and I was very pleased with that. I was it, I enjoyed it, but I look back on the material of my show and yeah, like that, I just didn't enjoy but, it. 
that's the thing that sort of molds you as you get more sort of comfortable within your own skin and as a yeah. performer. And those you, you need them things. You need them to learn. You know what I yeah. mean? Because to me at the time, at the age I was, and, and I was single, I've spoken about this before. It's mad. That tour, I, I remember it made me a million quid at the time, that tour. Mm. And anyone who's, especially if you're from a working class single parent family where you've not had a pot to piss in all your life, mm. if, you're, if you're making a million quid, that's all you see. You don't see, you're not bothered about it. You're going, wow, look at this. I'm making all this money and yeah. everyone's cheering. So you're just not thinking about anything else. Yeah. So it's it's easy to be seduced by all that. And that's why if anyone ever does anything earlier on the career and people go, oh, that were a bit shit or what have you, I go, I always think, well, you're being a bit harsh on people there because you've all, it's like riding a bike, isn't it? You know, you fucking fall yeah. off it. Yeah. So you get, so you develop the skills and then next minute you've got the trick nuts on and you're doing 360s and all sorts and you're, <laughs> and you're living and you're living the dream, but you've got to kind of, you know, smash your shins a couple of times and scrape your knees before you get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what life. That's that's what show business is essentially. You know what it, I mean? Of course it is. Of course you, it is. When you when you come into this business, it's not. It does. It's never going to be just this. You know what I mean? It's that, that's no. never going to be the trajectory. You know, you're always going to have the downs, but you'll go back up. You yeah, know? And, and as well, you know, I was always again talking about sort of the background you come from. I always worked right from leaving school. And I, I even mm. in, when I got into sort of doing this as a living, I were always, even though when the tour were going really well and you're making all the money, I were mm. always doing stuff. I were always planning the next thing. And yeah, I was, I kind of came on the scene around the, about the time where panel shows started becoming popular. Out of, yes. Eight out of 10 cats and would I lie to you? I know that a lot of them are still on now, but I did them when they first started. Yeah, and I used to do I used to do them all, and I were regular on them, and they help tremendously when you're touring and stuff because people see you on that and go, oh, "I like him or her." I'll go and watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I were always always doing something else and moving on and moving on, and I try me under anything, you know. And if I yeah. if I could do it, I'd carry it. Like even when I did take me out, mm. I'd never I'd never presented a, a show like that ever, and, and certainly not. Certainly not on Saturday night TV. <laughs> look at the monster that became. I know. And even now, I, I won't look at the first series of that because I can't, because it, I was so shite at doing it as a job. Yeah. But luckily for me, ITV had a bit of faith in me yeah. and gave me the, a second series. And then when that second series came around, that's when you go, right, there's no excuses now. I've learned off the first one. Yeah. No, no, we make it happen. You yeah. know what I mean? It, and that's what we all did on that show, and it, and then it just grew into, you know, the thing that it did. It was just become a massive part of the TV uh, landscape. And now, mm. you know, I'm kind of proud of people, you know, when they go Fernando's or no like it, what have you? <laughs> that's what Alice know. said to me. Alice, yeah. I, 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 I sort of Pat, Paddy McGuinness is coming on the podcast, and yeah. he said no likey, no like. <laughs> and I well, said. I, I tried to educate her though. I said, no, listen, listen. Everyone knows for that. And I showed her clips of Phoenix Knights yeah. and Max and Paddy. Well, well, that shows you how big that show was. Because even yeah. now, well, even now with Top Gear, which is a big show, when I'm out and about, no one ever says anything about Top Gear to me. It's just talk about take me out still. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's something, I think, you know, that's something you've got to be proud of because 
it shows people, you know, it, like I say, it became a part of that TV history kind of thing, you know, and yeah. it'll always be there now. Yeah. In a way, you look at it from, you know, your the first decade you were kind of involved in show business with Phoenix Knights and Max and Paddy, you were known as, you know, Paddy, the, the doorman. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the, this next decade comes in, in 2010, Take Me Out is there. And, and you know, yeah. that's kind of your thing. And it's, it's great. Like, and as you said, it's, it, as you said, it's you trying your hand at different things, new things, which is great. Like, yeah. you know. Cool, of course yeah. it is. And some of it works, some of it doesn't. But, mm. you know, you can't just sit there in this job and think, I'm waiting for the best thing ever to come along. Or even if yeah. you think you've written the best thing ever, it might never get made. Yeah. So you've got to push yourself a little bit and push yourself out of your comfort zone and give things a try. Now, listen, if my agent rang me up tomorrow and said, they want you to do Shakespeare in the West End, I'd be like, not a fucking chance. Because <laughs> there's certain things you go, right, I know my limits, and that's not happening. But if he said, you know, there's a new massive big drama on TV and they want you to be in it acting, I'd go, yeah, I'll give that a go, because I know I could probably do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but you you have got to kind of know your limits as well. Yeah. And, and as you said, like, uh, going back to trying new things, uh, the the show you did with Keith Lemon, the the picture show, the Keith, yeah. the Keith and Paddy pic, that must have been so fun, like recreating all of those classic films. That, that firstly, myself and uh, Keith, we are movie tragics we love films yeah so i studied when, film so I just... oh, love it <laughs> yeah. all genres you know and when the chance came we had this idea and when the chance that started off full enough as a game show for our mm. tv and what we did a, they asked us to do this pilot and the idea was you play and you'll sort of say you land on a certain tile and you, mm. and you answer a question about something so it'd be like right this is a film question in the film Kate Fear, what happens on the boat at the end, just say, for example? Yeah. And they'd, they'd answer, and we'll go, well, let's see if you're right. And we we'll go to a clip, and we've recreated that clip. Mm. So we filmed all these little clips of films as part of the answers. And when ITV seen the pilot, we went, we're not too keen on the pilots, <laughs> but we love the movie stuff. Do you yeah. want to do something about that? And that's really, for us, we were like, well, that's actually what we want to do full stop. Yeah. So they commissioned them series, and, and they, they actually approached us about doing a, a third series of that. But like anything else in telly, budget cuts happened. Yeah. And we just couldn't make it work because you've got to you've got to have it at a certain standard where it looks a bit like the film. You, it can't mm. be too, too cheap. You know, and what we tried to do, we begged, borrowed, and, and stole loads of props, and we had a fantastic producer and director. And some of the shots looked amazing, you know. Oh, it looked incredible. Uh, yeah, so, and that was on a shoestring budget as it was. So when mm. the budget went even less, we just all said, Luke, and it was hard to walk away from it when there's a commission there, but we went, we, we just can't do it, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't because them two series are, are there now, you know, and I'm mm. proud of them. And probably for me, in everything I've done throughout my career, that's one of the things that I had the most enjoyment on. Yeah. Because because I felt comfortable within myself as a as mm. someone in the industry. Yeah. I were doing something I hundred percent wanted to do of my own, mine mine and his ideas. Mm. 
There was no one saying, so we've got this show, we want you to do it. It was all ours. Creatively, we had we had control of it. Scripts, we, we, we did all that. So for me personally, I, I sort of put that up there as one of the highlights of my career. Yeah. Just because it, yeah. it takes so many boxes. Yeah. I think it's the beauty of, of films as well. I mean, one of them was, was Back to the Future, I believe, is one of them. Yeah. That's, that, well, that for me is like, that's my holy Bible in terms of, of movies. Too. Yeah. Just one that you just watch and you could watch again and again and again. You and, know? and, you know, it's very similar, like, with you with the impressions when you watch something, you hone it all the time. Like, mm. there's, there's, certain, there's certain iconic parts of films that even if you've never seen the film, you know the clip. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, in Jaws, you know, you've never seen it, but you hear the music, burn it, burn it, burn it. You just know what it is. So we pick films like Back to the Future, Jaws, Star Wars, Top Gun, Mm. where we knew there were a generation of kids that never even heard of these films. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... When we said we were doing Star Wars, the kids yeah. went, where's Jar Jar Binks? I'm going, who the fuck's Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> he's, not, he's not in our Star Wars. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Chew, Chewbacca, Chewbacca's in ours. <laughs> um, so, you know, so it was great because a lot of people got in touch and said, oh, we're glad you've done it. Our kids loved it. And now we've introduced them to uh, some classic films as well. Yeah, 100%. I've seen, I think, one of your tweets about... Cinema's closing down yeah. in Cineworld. Like, I, I honestly think it's, it's a tragic thing what's happening. Absolutely. When I see all of these, especially these delays for such big movies as well, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know? It's, it's, it's so sad to see. And, and all those people who are losing their jobs as well, you've got that, which is the main thing, and yeah. that is the worst thing about it. Yeah. But also as well, you just cast your mind back to being a kid, the excitement of going to the cinema oh. and seeing a film. And even now, we're going with mates, but I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else where, you know, someone will say, I, I've got a copy of that. You can watch that online. And you mm. go, oh, watch that then. I'll save me going yeah. out. But you, you, something like you, you forget, obviously it's illegal and you forget mm. Actually, that's having an impact on a lot of these films being released as well. Yeah. So it, it has died off a lot, but I, 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 I feel as though that industry are a kind of decade behind where they should have been doing. Yeah. Because now, you know, just before all COVID-19 kicked in, you know, there were certain cinemas which were found, you know, you could go, you'd get a beer at your seat, mm. you could have a burger, you had a, a recliner, all those things, you know, this is a proper... This is proper. This is a good yeah. night out. You're watching an amazing film on in a fantastic screen, mm. but it's kind of come a little bit too late because everyone's stopped going. Yeah, years ago when it was the uncomfortable seats and you had to take a mortgage out for your pick and mix and everything else. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I hope it comes back because I feel for kids if they never get a chance to experience the cinema in years yeah. to come. Yeah, no, honestly, if you know, it that'd be that'd be the worst situation. I, I just and I oh. probably I can't see it happening. I can't see the the on demand services really coming into the fore in the next well, four or five years. You just, know, it's strange what's happened with films because I think a lot of them are watered down now. In a sense that you put Netflix on now, and you'll like there were one 
a few months back, Ryan Reynolds released it, some big action one. Yeah. And and and, and Chris Emsworth did one, another big action film. Mm. And I'm like, what's this? Yeah. It's just popped up on my Netflix and it's made for Netflix. Mm. And you watch it and you don't you don't get a sense of occasion. Do you know no. what I mean? You don't 100%. feel like this is a treat because it's just there on your Netflix. So it doesn't feel like oh, this is a treat seeing yeah. this. And there's no two ways about it. You see, I remember when Jurassic Park first came on and I watched that at the, the cinema with my mates mm. and I was blown away. Yeah. Because you'd never seen you'd never seen CGI like that ever. Yeah. And when the dinosaur first appears, you know, grabbing the leaves off the trees and yeah. he's grabbing his glasses like this <laughs> and you're like, fucking yeah. hell. That's one of the greatest what? scenes ever, isn't it? Oh, you're like, that's yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah. That's a dinosaur. You know, so those moments will be gone if we lose cinema. Yeah, and that's especially, I mean, one of the most recent films, like Avengers Endgame, you know, that, yeah. that for me, that was a huge one. I mean, when I went to see that in the cinema, it, it kind of, I've, I've never been, I went the first night and I've never experienced a, a movie theatre, like, you know, people cheering in a movie yeah. theatre. It was, well, it was surreal. Those Avenger films, I enjoy them, but I'm not a massive fan, but I enjoy them. But you yeah. can't deny they are such a cultural phenomenon then now. Yeah. They, they, they're so, like you said about people cheering, people are that invested because the stories have gone on for years and years and all that mm. character development and the backstories. And again, we all know, like, you know, when you look at like Iron Man or, or DC, Superman, Batman, all these people... Yeah. We've known they've been around forever, but there is a lot of kids now who are only just being introduced to them. So yeah. all that excitement as well. And and like I say, I enjoy them films. They're not I wouldn't say they're my, they're my favorite genre, but I do yeah. love when I go <clears throat> and I feel that buzz in the cinema. Yeah. And you watch it on I mean that end game when they when all the little the portals open up, all yeah. opened up and they all appear, <laughs> you're like, Jesus, yeah. look at this. Yeah. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. Listen, mo- moving on, I, I want to talk about. We have to bring up sport in this podcast. Uh, I want to okay, talk about. I want to talk about your uh, your boyhood club, Bolton Wanderers. Do we have? To? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, thank, thank, thank God, you know, it. You know, the liquidation didn't happen last last year. Well, and, it's the weirdest thing because. When it's a club mm. you've been to as a kid, and I remember my first ever autograph was stood outside Bolt Wanderers, and it was a, a player we used to have called George Organi. And, and back then, kind of in the 70s, you could stand outside a football club and they'd, just, they'd be strolling in the players. No, they're kind of being shepherded past you with like massive headphones on, not mm. looking up from their iPhones, and they're in, and you don't, you know, but back then they kind of just, Walk past you, you go, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. We signed this, so that was one of my first ever autographs. And kind of when I used to go to Burnham Park, where it used to be, and when I used to go and experience it, I always remember as a kid being a little bit scared mm. and a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if I like this because I were only young and it were me and I never used to go with my dad or anything. I went with just me and my mates, you know. So, God, what would I have been like 10, something like that? Mm. 
And I remember getting fucking elbowed in the face by accident by a bloke because we were all small. Yeah. You're all stood up. You're, yeah. You know, and, and they're all swerving and, and you're like, what is this, you know? Mm. But it's a part of being a football fan, that, and it's a part of that kind of, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, um, fucking hell, when you do something, oh, bastard. They'll come to me probably tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ring you tonight and go, that's the word. <laughs> but it's, uh, but what, you it's know, passion. It's, like, it's passion. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, oh, what's it called? It's like your apprenticeship kind of thing. You know, you go through all them things. And then when when they shut Burnham Park down and they, and they moved it over to near Horwich, mm. uh, which was the Reebok back mm. then. It's the hotel as well. Yeah, the De Villiers. Yeah. I remember like a lot of fans, you know, protesting, oh, dare they shut down Burnham Park, the history and everything else. But yeah. when they got in that new ground, Mm. It was like, oh, actually, this is this is quite nice. Yeah. This it's is modern quite... day ground. It's it's a lovely ground. Oh yeah, I remember going in, so I, and I remember at the time I filmed something. Funny enough, I weren't on telly at the time. I filmed it for uh, the national lottery. It was something mm. to do with sports, and I weren't on telly at the time. And I had I had to go in just as they were still building it. And I was looking around. And I was thinking, I can't believe this is in Bolton. Yeah, I can't believe this is our ground. Yeah, because where it used to where it used to be on Manchester Road. You either couldn't see much, or you were you were on the other outside of the ground in a in mm. a supermarket car park watching the game from there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So to go from that to like all these lovely red and blue seating, and you know, and you can uh, an amazing view wherever you look, mm. and you know the toilets were usable. <laughs> it was amazing, and then the glory years of, of Sam Allardyce. Mm, JJ. You know, and, uh, JJ and, you know, uh, I, I remember I was talking to Big Sam at Soccer Aid. Yeah. And I was saying, I said, how the fuck, like, Campo, Real Madrid he were at, you know, he's playing yeah. those joy, joy cap and World Cup winning medals, you know, and you're like, how the hell did you get these players in? It's, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a really amazing time, that. And I remember... You know, me, myself, I would never in a million years have thought we'd have been League Two and possibly going to drop out of that, which we're mm. at now. Um, but you think it's never going to end. And that's, that's the yeah. thing that winds, winds me up with, with football now. And, and, it, and it does drive me mad where I, people like, it happened at Bolton with Ken Anderson when he came in. Absolutely pulled the pants down of the club and shafted it dry. Yeah. And you and you think, when you see that, and I know it's happened at clubs like it happened at Portsmouth and it happened at Leeds and there's loads of clubs it's happened to. Yeah. There's, there's got to be something set up by the FA or someone to stop that happening. You can't have these yeah. people buying clubs just to absolutely... As a cash cow. You know, yeah, rip them apart, rip every last mm. bit of money out of them and then leave. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm a Man United fan. Yeah. You, you know, we're all complaining about the Glazers and Ed Woodward. Do you know, and it's funny, isn't it? Because he's obviously these, these levels, a bit like when we were talking about lockdown at the beginning of this chat, we were mm. saying about if you're, you know, you're in the house and you get a bit pissed off and then you think about someone yeah. in, a, in a high-rise flat and they've yeah. got it even worse. So, like, me as a Bolton fan, when I see United fans mourning on yeah, Twitter... Yeah, and that's why I, 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 I do sit there yeah, going, shut up. I, I, wouldn't yeah. mind having that, I wouldn't mind having that problem. I've got to be honest. You know, 
But, but so that shows that shows you with football, though. Yeah. No matter what club you support or what level you're at, you've all got the same problems. You know, you, you and I don't know because I'm not a United fan. I love watching United play. I love watching all all the big teams play. Yeah. I'm a football a farmer. You know, because people, some my mates who are Bolton fans go, "How can you say you like watching United?" I'm like, I like watching good football. Yeah. You know, I like watching teams play. You know, when Chelsea had, you know, their spell with Mourinho, I love watching them. You know, I like watching football. Yeah. So. United and the Glazers and everything else it's the problem because again I'm not a United fan so I, I don't know the ins and outs is the problem that they're not investing in the club or what is yeah. it yeah that's that, that that is the issue they take massive dividends pretty much every year um, right talking I think it's 100 million they take uh, and they don't invest in the club uh, there's no I think it's what the problem the problem that people have is that there's no structure so Ed Woodward is the chief executive what he's no he's yeah and he's he's running the whole show and he has a guy underneath him matt judge and then he has a guy for marketing richard arnold and they're all big rugby fans and uh <laughs> they all went to college together right um, i get it they were all bankers before they came to man united yeah and they're the guys that are dealing with the recruitment side of of the business so they're identifying, they're not identifying players that will fit, fit in the system of, of the yeah. club or the team. They're, yeah. they're identifying players for short sales, you know? Right, yeah. Like Jaden Sancho was the, bit, the big saga with that this summer and we didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, that, that. So what, what have they spent then? They've spent, listen, they've spent a lot. Yeah. They've spent a lot. Under, under Mourinho, yeah, they've bought the wrong players. They have. But since Ole came in, he's recruited good players. A lot of people will say Maguire is not a good boy. I think he's actually been pretty solid. Yeah. You know, he's listen, he's had a few mistakes, but the defence has actually improved with Maguire in there at centre-half. Uh, Wan-Bissaka has been very good. As yeah. Well. You look at Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been unbelievable, a revelation for us. So the it's, a, it's a funny one football isn't it because like you say Maguire's getting a bit of stick at the minute mm. and, and obviously what's happened to him in his personal life's well documented and that's going yeah. to affect you but the amazing thing about football is I remember talking to United I remember I can't, what was the year but I remember Giggsy getting absolutely hammered yeah and then you go and like you know he's God there isn't he Giggsy yeah, and you yeah. kind of think and you forget about all that, but it shows you how, how it is in football. So, you know, next season, he'll have a fantastic season, Maguire, and they'll all be giving it, he's the best centre-half ever, and this, that, and it's the other. It's ridiculous. Tattoos of his face on the chest. Yeah, people so, are just reactionary, you know, It's just it's a reactionary sport. And now, like you say, Twitter, everything else, it gives everyone a platform. Mm. So it, it feels worse. We're, what used to happen at football in the past is you'd, you'd have them discussions in the pub with your mates, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, but no, the papers they're out there publicly and everything yeah. else. So it's it's like, but you know, I suppose it's, it keeps us keeps us all interested. It? It's exciting yeah. and what have you. But but we're at the other side of the coin now. Where yeah, we haven't got anything for, for players, and you know, the, the the new guys who've come in. I don't know much about them. I knew about Ken Anderson. I knew that wasn't a good thing. I mm. knew that. So I've got a few mates who are football agents. 
and they were he told me a bit about him and I just yeah. they say you never judge a book by its cover but with him I did and, yeah. and, it, and it proved it proved to be true but it's happened now and it, we move on you know and yeah. hopefully with the right people in charge you know it'll be a very very slow process but even just to get to playing championship football will be will be massive for us now huge yeah 100% yeah you know listen it was 16 years with Leeds I think if Bolton I don't, I don't know if that trend will be with Bolton you know what I mean yeah well do you know I remember Leeds I remember you know watching it when they, David O'Leary were in charge oh, Champion, Champions League football and you're like the mm. Duker and all, you know when they had that, yeah. that squad and you're like well I uh, there's a lot of Leeds fans from Ireland there's you know in Ireland the popular set of fans that obviously United Liverpool and then Leeds, um, yeah. because they were huge in the 70s with Billy Bremner and um, yeah, yeah. Don Revy and John Joyles, who's Irish, yeah. you know, and everybody, they were the big club back then. So they, they yeah. do, they have, a, they, they have a very, you know, a rich history in football. Do you know, do you know what's, what's ruined football for me is uh, these uh, dream team things? Because really? my... It can ruin you. It can ruin your entire weekend, especially when you sell someone and bring someone else in. You yes. go, oh, this, the is, yeah. this is this is nailed on now. This is this is me, and you and you look at the result. You go, how's he not fucking scored today? You know, or whatever. Weekend ruined. Yeah, it's the worst. Also, I think. I don't think about mortgages and stuff like that. I think about fantasy football. Am I going to put money in, or am I going to keep oh. it out? Am I going to? <laughs> I just you're, even your lad Fernandez. I'm like, what's happened to him lately? I'm like, he, he was my banker in when he come on the scene. I'm like, he'll, get him in. He'll get you a penalty every game, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why that's why I've stuck with him because of the penalties. I'm like, fucking, don't get me started on Pompa. Christ Almighty! Oh, don't get me started uh, either. Listen. He's <laughs> Oh. It's funny. It's funny with players like Pogba, isn't it? But you know, because there's no two ways about it. The, the supremely gifted players, but for some reason, something gets into their head and they just go another way with a certain mm. club, don't they? And it just never, it never seems to work. I don't think it ever will. I think Gary Neville. He, Gary, Gary Neville has a bit of an issue. I, I do Gary Neville. It's true for absolute disgraceful. I mean, stop back on to Real Madrid. Ah. I mean, if you're at Man United, you wouldn't talk about it. Sir Alex allow that. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're talking like Real Madrid. I mean, you talk about, you talk about it behind the scenes. You don't talk about it, you know, when you're on international duty with France. <laughs> I wouldn't mind he's only on five or six big games. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> You know what? It's funny, isn't it? Like with Sky, Sky in particular, you know, with like ne- Neville and Carragher, it, it is good. I enjoy it's, that now. You know, I think they've got a nice dynamic. balance them two. Yeah. I did, uh, Jamie asked me to do one of his charity nights, post it once, and, uh, mm. and part of the night was him and Neville on stage. Yeah. And, and it was in Liverpool. Oh. Fucking hell, the stick he was, even yeah. I was like, I was like this on stage, giving it, oh, please. Please make it stop because, <laughs> but you know what? This is the thing uh, with Gary. He just absolutely took it, gave a bit back. Mm. Fantastic. And and he's, he's I, I, I've got a lot of time for him. I don't know him that well. I know Phil, I've been in and around his company a few mm. times, another nice lad. And yeah, 
Uh, you know, I do like it when they when they get at it on the telly. I think yeah. it's it's a it's a good dynamic them two. My dream, my like idol growing up was Paul Scholes, and when I when I oh, met yeah. him, when I met him for the first time, that was just. Yeah, he said, "I loved your Tyson Fury impression." That's what he said to me. I'll tell you, I'm the same <laughs> with that. I'm the same with that. But it's uh, the thing with schools, you know, when you forget, like it is a weird thing. And I think it, very similar with Rooney. Were certainly listen. There's no doubting Ronaldo is up there. He's got in it. Yeah. He's like unbelievable, and he looks like a good footballer. Do you know what I mean? He's a good-looking... Yeah. So, like, players like Scholes and Rooney, who who were absolute world-class players, yeah. for some reason... Of course, everyone talks Everyone talks about how amazing they are, but it's amazing how much the Luke's thing goes hand in hand with that. Do you know what I mean? It's like... like, like when you, I remember, like, Matt Letizia, you know, when he... Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a lurry, Sim. I've had loads of good times with him. Oh, unbelievable. But he just... But he just, you look at him and you're like, I'm not having it, Matt. And then he gets on the ball and you're like, fucking hell, this bloke's a genius. <laughs> He's ele- the most elegant player you can watch. Yeah. But it's funny, like we say, in schools, the way, the way he is himself, he's not yeah. big time Charlie, is he? You know he, what I mean? He's no. quite, he's a level, level guy. Even he's very reserved. The, the, you know, the, the, the plaudits he's had off of the players and, mm. and, you know, the career he's had, he's massive. But he just, he doesn't kind of like, I don't know, he's just not when people who mentioned in and around the buzz when everyone's talking about stuff, which is just mental, really. I, I think the quotes, the, the quotes about skulls from I think the likes of Xavi, uh, Zidane yeah. and, and a couple of players, yeah. That, that yeah, it's, it's amazing. I played uh, in a soccer head once against Zidane and oh, I, I, was in, I was playing at right back and I'm not joking, you're running towards me was Zidane, Figo and Cedo. Oh, right? my God. Uh, I think it might have been Carragher. Oh, and Ronaldinho were playing. And Carragher's screaming, get in on I'm going, fucking Zidane. <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, And he just glides. Zidane doesn't oh, run. He glides. Yeah. He you know, glides. He turned, up, he turned up that day, walked on the pitch before the kickoff. He had his suit jacket kind of on his shoulders, but not his arms in, like that yeah. kind of European way. Where if me and you walked out, like everyone go, what are these knobheads knob doing with the jackets? <laughs> but, but him, he, everyone was like, wow. Yeah. It's, he's cool as fuck. <laughs> it, it, it was just so much presence. You know, yeah. when you, 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 you can't stop looking at him. When yeah. he's there, you can't stop looking at him. It's, and that's the one thing I'd say about Socrates for me personally, doing them over the years. I'm like, some of the players I've been on the pitch yeah. with. I remember Kevin Davis, uh, Bolton Wanderers, when he was playing, yeah. he was around the house one day having a coffee. And he said to me, he said, I'd give me right hand being on a pitch with Zidane. And you, he said, yeah. you've done that. And that, he, that was a Premier League footballer telling yeah, me that. Yeah, professional footballer, yeah. You know, so you're like, Jesus Christ, so it, it is amazing. Yeah, no, it's incredible. But look, Paddy, we're, we're going to finish this up. Um, right. This, this is the first trial of this. Uh, so I'm going to have to move a few bits around. Folks, this is called the Wheel of Impressions. <laughs> I, showed, I sent Paddy uh, a picture of this earlier on. 
Have we got who, who, can, who can read that, Al? Who can read that? I know this. No, this was made. Have you had like a? Have you had like a calligrapher in doing that? No, just, just write, write it in block capitals for God's sake. <laughs> this no, no, Paddy. This was made by my my brother's partner Ashlyn. She is fantastic at all of this stuff. Oh, she is. It's an amazing. Yeah, yeah, you you better watch. You better watch. Yeah. <laughs> You just can't read any of it. <laughs> Look, and it's Velcro as well. It's Velcro. Oh, I'm not going to try it So we can, we can move them out. Okay. Like, who, who's that who you just touched then? I mean, who's that? You just, that? Yeah, who's that? That's Trump. Fuck me. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it said Jacob. So the whole thing is, you have to, whatever impression this lands on, okay, you're going to have to attempt it. But I'll teach you. Okay, oh, I, I will take oh, okay. you to do it. Okay, so yeah. here we go. Here we go. I'm spinning. You've got some oil on them casters. It's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, let me Morgan, tell you. Mar- oh, oh, that's, that's, that's right. That's your time. Yeah. You're after. You're standing right. Well, you're, 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 not, you're not talking like Kermit the Frog. You're talking with yeah, a deep voice. Yeah, I'm trying to talk. I'm trying. This is how you sound to me. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> give me one of these quotes. Sometimes when you hear an actor's quote is famous for, you can get you can get your head round it. Well, what's, say, what's one of these? Well, you can talk about the Shawshank Redemption. First time I met Andy Dufresne was in well, Shawshank. <laughs> That's the one. Go on, Paddy. <laughs> so the first time I met Andy Dufresne. I met Andy Dufresne. The first time I met Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> give me another, Al. Give me another. Give me another. Give me another. <laughs> We're still another. Okay, I'm all there. I I've got a couple in the locker. I can't remember. Yeah, I know. Here we are. Oh, it's Conor McGregor. Oh Jesus! No, I've no shit. Go on, get you. You started. Go so on. I mean, it's 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 very much like this. So what's up? You say what's up? How are you, sir? Sir. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's up? How are you, sir? Sir. <laughs> Adam McGregor. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I can do. Uh, let me get. Let me get it right. Uh, I could do uh, the Peaky Blinders. Oh yes, yes. I have to say the word chickens to get okay. me into it for some reason. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. What do little chickens do? Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, by order of the Peaky Blinders. Tommy, Tommy, Alfie Solomon, Tommy, can you explain to me, Tommy, what? Why are you good? That's about as far as I fucking. Hey, that's very good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting that's there. Very good. I'm gonna work on them. I'm yes. gonna work on them. I think I've got an angle on them. I'm gonna work on them. They're the only ones I can do, and 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 that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very good. Look, Paddy Listen, McGuinness. If, if, if we're signing off, I'll do me do the sign off as Tyson Fury. <laughs> 100%. I love that, please. Right, it's yeah. actually no. Listen, before before we, we go, you have a show coming up in t- 2021. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's called. I, I can, can hear, hear your voice. Yes, I can yes, hear yes. your voice. 
So basically, the, the the idea of the show is it's it's currently on in the states in the midst. It's one of the most popular shows. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll soon put an end to that. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's basically you'll look at people exactly what I was saying about the footballers. When you look at someone and you go, they're a good player, or mm. they're not going to be any good. And it's the same with the singers. So you've got to look at someone first, and it's uh, you, you win money on it. And it's about mm. right. So if I looked at you and I hadn't heard you speak or anything, I've got to mm. then guess if you're a good singer or not. So that's the first round. Okay. And then the second round, you learn a bit. It kind of, but it's a really good, it's a good Saturday night show. Yeah. And there's loads of good music in it and everything else. So I'm really excited about getting started on that. I'll start Brilliant. that at the end of this year. Brilliant. Uh, amazing. Lock, lockdown permitting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Absolutely, man. Touch wood. It's all, yeah. I'll be yeah. back to normal soon yeah. enough. Well, listen, you wanted me to sign this off on Tyson Fury. I have to say, 100%, this man is an absolute gentleman. I watched him back 20 years ago in Phoenix Nights as Paddy, Paddy the Door Man. <laughs> He'd let me into the Phoenix Club 100%. <laughs> I swear to God, if I was, if I was, I'd be one of them people who winds you up on a night because if I got pissed, I'd be going, go on, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. Do I get it, it I get it. My mates, my mates yeah. are usually like, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, pal. Listen, our loads of love to the family, brother. You too, pal, you too. And, and, and good luck when you eventually get your wedding date set as well. Yes, uh, 100%, man. We're, we're very excited. Thank you so much for yeah, coming yeah. on, Paddy. Legend. Not a problem. Not Take a problem. Care, Take care. Take care. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goal scorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org Singles only Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion Visit Betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions